Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We're going to pick up where we left off in the book of Leviticus. That's the third book of the Old Testament, the third book of the Bible. We're at chapter 17. And we're going to begin now at verse 1. If you want to read along with me, if you have your Bible handy, or if you don't and you're online, you can um, go to the blueletterbible.org website and they, you can read along with me there. Uh, verse 1 And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, So, like I keep saying, it says the Lord speaking to Moses, but other parts of the Bible say that no one's heard God's voice at any time or seen his form. So if you if you can make sense of how that happens, um, how both can be true, then God bless you. Maybe they're FaceTiming. Maybe they're on the phone. Maybe they're on some other device. Maybe there's smoke signals. Maybe there's an angel. I don't know. But somehow it says that he's, the Lord is speaking to Moses, even though, like I said, you can easily find in the New Testament, the book of John, for instance, the very first chapter says no one has seen God at any time. So yet somehow here and also in the Bible, it's saying that he's speaking. The Lord is speaking to Moses. Um, but we're, since it's, we're just going to read it as it says, since it's Monday and it's the Old Testament and not our Saturday New Testament readings. So take it with a grain of salt. Verse two, speak to Aaron, to his sons and to all the children of Israel and say to them, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded saying. So now Moses, just in case you don't know, is the 10 commandments, Moses, the, um, the, um, parting of the Red Sea, Moses, that's who Moses is. Aaron is his brother basically the high priest the one who's the uh head of the religious arm of the people at this time in the story and so now he's going uh, moses is getting a moses a uh, message excuse me from the quote-unquote lord and relaying it to aaron who is the one who relays the religion to the people because uh, according to the narrative so far moses isn't a very good public speaker um, but Aaron is more eloquent. So they work together. Verse 3. Whatever man of the house of Israel who kills an ox or lamb or goat in the camp or who kills it outside the camp. So now we're getting into um, um, blood sacrifices or at least the slaughter of animals. A speci specific thing for the man who slaughters them. Let's see what it is. Verse 4. And does not bring it to the door of the tabernacle of meeting to offer an offering to the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord, the guilt of bloodshed shall be imputed to that man. He shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from among his people. So it doesn't say if he's do, making the offering at home, saying, well, you know, I can't make it to the tabernacle meeting, so I'll just go ahead and slaughter the bull at my house for my sins. Then um, it's saying that's going to be considered sinful also, and it's going to be considered um, uh, held against the person who does it. So it means in my, if you if these are statutes forever, like we just read in the last chapter, and that means it's supposed to be going ongoing till now. So that means if people are making those offerings in modern times um, and they're not offered there, if the um, does, if it's not brought to that tabernacle of meeting, which, by the way, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, uh, I mean, in modern times, it may have been turned into some other place as the tabernacle of meeting. The tabernacle of meeting is a tent. That's what's happening um at the in the, at this point in the story and that's where Moses dwells with the uh when he has interactions with the Lord the quote unquote Lord so it's letting telling the people that if you kill a bull or uh, if you slaughter some animal you have to bring that blood to 
the uh, tabernacle meeting and we talked before about what kind of diseases can arise and you've seen it in history and even modern history when people interact with the fluids body fluids of animals but even with all human to human body fluids can be dangerous and disease infested um so you see that uh it seems It'd be dangerous to be trying to do this in modern times, but it's saying that's what needs to be done if you're going to be slaughtering animals. Uh, verse 5, to the end that the children of Israel, Israel may bring their sacrifices, which they offer in the open field, that they may bring them to the Lord at the door of the tabernacle meeting to the priests and offer them as peace offerings to the Lord. So you're not allowed to be offering them on your own in in the field or wherever else you are. Presume and in modern times that would mean anywhere you are now in the world. You're not allowed to just do it wherever you are. You have to bring it there to that tabernacle of meeting for it to count and be counted as holy. Otherwise it's an offense. Verse six, and the priest shall sprinkle the blood on the altar of the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and burn the fat for a sweet aroma to the Lord. So again with the fat is that it's supposed to be exclusively for the quote-unquote Lord. People aren't supposed to be uh, ingesting fat at all. And like I said before, that includes butter and lard. That includes lee, I'm sorry, ghee and um, and uh, tallow. Any fats that come from animals, you're not supposed to be eating them. And yet, you see, that's exactly what happens in modern times. And again, these are statutes forever, meaning they were doing them thousands of years ago. They're supposed to still be doing them now. Only people really don't. Um, so how faithful are Bible thumpers who say that you have to live by the whole Bible and you can't just cut one part out. You have to do it all. Well, if you have to do it all, then why aren't you doing this? Um, so, but it's saying there that that's what has to happen. Otherwise you're guilty or you have blood guilt as your sin for slaughtering an animal without bringing it there before the all before the tabernacle. Um, verse seven, they shall no more offer their sacrifices to demons after whom they have played the harlot. This shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations. So a couple of things there. The people were offering their uh, their sacrifices. They're making them to demons. So that lets you know there's more than one entity that people are calling their Lord or God that they're making these offerings to. It's not just me making that up. It's what it says that they were doing that. And they're, tell and they're being instructed not to do that anymore, not to make their offerings to demons anymore. And not only that, when it says... Um, played the harlot that doesn't mean they're having sex with them or they're paying them for sex with the uh, demons no it's saying harlotry as in unfaithfulness you're supposed to be faithful to or they're supposed to be faithful to one entity but it's considered playing the harlot cheating adulterous to be doing the uh, making the offerings to these other uh demons and entities and spirits um that it's considered unfaithful it's considered harlotry they're being hoes, but not in the sense that we, in modern sense of being hoish, they're being hoish in the spiritual ritualistic sense. Um, and it's saying it's a statute forever from through, throughout their generations, meaning if they were doing it, they're supposed to be, if they were doing this thousands of years ago, it's the same thing that they're supposed to be doing now. Uh, we, if you're going to be following the whole Bible and going by this, these orders, you're supposed to be doing this in modern times. Are you? I doubt it. Verse 8, also you shall say to them 
Whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell among you who offers a burnt offering or sacrifice. So now it's saying not just the children of Israel that would be the congregation there, but even the strangers who also are among them. Um, when they're offering burnt offerings or sacrifices, there's orders for them too. Verse 9, and does not bring it to the door of the tabernacle of meeting to offer it to the Lord. That man shall be cut off from among his people. So even the people who aren't necessarily of the lineage of the same people as Moses and Aaron, if they're uh, taking part in the ceremonies and um, in the religion and uh, say converts to the religion, if they do it also, the sacrifice in some other place other than the tabernacle of meeting, which again doesn't even exist anymore as far as I know, other tabernacles obviously do. Synagogues and temples and mosques and churches exist obviously throughout the world. But it says specifically the tabernacle of meeting. That's where Moses was. That doesn't exist anymore. It was a tent and it's gone as far as I know. Now it's possible with the way things are that there's hidden knowledge of it still existing somewhere in the world. Like how the Vatican has scriptures stopped, uh, stored away that they don't share with the rest of the world of hidden information and knowledge from ancient times that's exclusive only to the people who have access to it that's entirely possible i mean that exists so it's entirely possible that somewhere in the world the relic of the tabernacle meeting still exists and there's a a group of people or a religious order that still does these things as far as the offerings before it and sprinkling the blood around it it's entirely possible it may seem impossible but it's entirely possible because there's other things that have survived survived for millennia that still exist even things that we can't explain um like that apothecary oh this is up i can't even pronounce it right the you can look it up for yourself if you see like um if you search um unexplained artifacts if you do like a if you google that uh, if you search for that and I say google it with the lowercase g so you can do whatever search use whatever search engine you want to use to find it and you'll see there's a, a whole set there's a lots of different things artifacts that are unexplained and they seem very very futuristic and out of place with the time where they uh, existed and yet they do exist and they were there so it's entirely possible that just like they survived these other relics also survived like a tabernacle meeting but if it does still exist which is possible then that means that's where these offerings and these sacrifices and things are supposed to be happening and um, if you're not taking part in them then you're it's considered a sin if your your sacrifice isn't being made in front of them if the blood isn't being sprinkled over them then you're not fulfilling what it says you're supposed to be doing. And it's a statute forever, meaning from then until now. And if you don't do it, you're going to be cut off from your people, meaning when the congregation is gathered, you won't be a part of it. Verse 10, And whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell among you who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from among his people. So eating blood sounds a whole lot like you're eating rare meat. If you're eating meat with blood in it, that's a, a sin to get you cut off. You're considered an offense, considered an offense. And so, again, how are, how are people who do these things in modern times saying that they're living by the whole Bible and all of that? You can't possibly be if you eat rare meat in this instance. But there are other things that it's mentioned also that are statutes forever. And if you break them, you're cut off. Verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, 
and I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So it's saying there that it's blood that makes, um, that pays for your sins. That it's the physical blood that pays for the spiritual sins. And um, if you eat it, it's considered a sin. It's considered an offense. And that um, the life is in that blood and it's given for that purpose to make atonement for your soul. Uh, that's interesting. Verse 12, therefore I say to the children of Israel, no one among you shall eat blood, nor shall any stranger who dwells among you eat blood. So again, if you eat your meat rare, uh, you're offending in this order. Verse 13, whatever man of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell among you, who hunts and catches any animal or bird that may be eaten, he shall pour out its blood and cover it with dust. So not only can you not eat the blood, um, and I think of rare meat, but that's not just, that's not the only place where you can eat blood. And it doesn't say uh, raw blood. So because in people, chefs will use blood to thicken like a soup or a stew and even add protein to the dish by pouring in some blood. I've seen chefs do it on TV. Uh, but uh, according to this, that's an offense. That's a no-no. And if you do it, you're cut off. And it's saying anyone among the children of Israel or the strangers. So that means anyone who's taking part in the religion or following along with the, these orders. If you do that, you're going to be cut off. And it's still letting us know also what you are supposed to do with the blood. It's uh, basically like when you slaughter an animal, they like a cow, you they turn it upside down in the slaughterhouse so that all the blood can drain from it. And... Um, and um, I mean, that's also for freshness reasons. If you don't, it's going to rot. It's going to be pretty nasty. It's going to rot anyway because it's dead. But it's um, but even the live people rot sometimes. But if you don't drain out the blood, then um, it's considered an offense spiritually. Um, but that you're all supposed to let that blood drain out and then cover it with dust. And that seems like a ritualistic thing also. Because if you remember uh, back at the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, when Abel was killed by his brother Cain, um, the, the Lord there says that your brother's blood cries out from the earth, um, meaning his blood was shed. It was it made it to the ground and the earth received it and is letting the Lord know it's not good. A murder has happened, basically, almost testifying against Cain. At least that's the way it sort of reads. Um, verse 14, for it is the life of all flesh, its blood sustains its life. Therefore, I said to the children of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any flesh, for the life of all flesh is its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. So making it clear, you aren't supposed to eat anything with blood in it, whether it's a blood sausage or a rare steak or whatever the case may be. And if you think scientifically, like I was saying earlier, dealing with blood is very dangerous and dealing with body fluids is very dangerous and that's how other um, pandemics and epidemics have arisen in the past from the mad cow to the bird flu to the most recent one coming too and too close to contact with animal fluids is particularly the blood um, it can cause those mutations in the system and then disease can spread out from there um, so, I mean, this is sort of a good commandment to stay away from consuming blood. 
But um, it's for spiritual reasons, it says, because the life is actually in the blood. And the life is in the blood in another sense that diseases and things, bacteria and stuff can live in that blood. And if you interact with it, especially raw blood, you run the risk of catching something, something deadly. Verse 15, and every person who eats what died naturally or what was torn by beasts, whether he is a native of your own country or a stranger, he shall both wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. Then he shall be clean. So it's considered an unclean thing, an offense in that sense, if you eat anything that died on its own, like a dead chicken or a dead cow or a dead pig, although the pigs are, out, are off limits according to the, what we've read so far anyway. But if you eat those things that died on their own without you taking their life, that's considered an offense also and unclean due to do that. Um, the only reason I would, would guess, I mean, I mean, it would make sense. It would make sense that you wouldn't eat those things anyway, because once something dies, it immediately starts to the cells die and it starts to rot. And I would think it would be kind of dangerous to eat things like that, that have um, have died and begun rotting. It it kind of seems gross but um you know sometimes if you're hungry enough you got to eat what you got to eat you got to you got to eat so um but it's saying if you do that it's considered unclean but you can bathe and then just be unclean until evening meeting until the next day begins then you should be clean verse 16 but if he does not wash them or bathe his body then he shall bear his guilt so uh washing your body it seems to be the way of washing away the guilt of your sin of offending in these different command these different ordinances statutes commandments or however you want to picture them however you want to word them these different orders of what you can and can't do if you just bathe then you'll be clean and wash it'll wash away your guilt for that sin but if you don't then you're still considered guilty of the sin and um that's not good and you'll bear that guilt meaning i guess you're going to reap some sort of negative consequence for offending in it um and again these are statutes forever so if you were, they were commanded back then you're supposed to be doing them now but also um uh i mean i don't know it doesn't make sense with what it doesn't match with what jesus says about uh there's nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him so if you do eat rare meat that's not going to defile your soul that has nothing to do with the cleanliness or filth of your soul instead it's what comes out of a man that defiles him according to jesus meaning the things you say the stuff that springs up out of your heart the racism the sexism the hatred the evil the killing all of that stuff those things are what actually defile your soul not what you're eating but that's for us christians this is the old testament so it's for other people's religions but um, that actually ends this reading. It's the last verse in it. I appreciate you checking it out with me and hope it was a blessing for you as always. And um, just to clarify, it's Mondays. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, that's where we read about this other religions and the different ordinances and statutes and commands for it. Basically, the Old Testament stuff that Jesus didn't say. Whereas on our Saturday readings, our Saturday night readings, that's where we focus on what Jesus did say. Those red letters that are only a tenth, a tithe, six books of the 60 plus books of the entire Bible. And that's what we focus on on our Saturday readings because I self-identify 
as a Christian. So, and we're not bound by these different ordinances and commandments and laws that are laid out in the Old Testament at all. Because Jesus doesn't affirm these. Jesus, although Jesus does affirm some things, he doesn't affirm these at all. So as a Christian, you, I feel you have to keep that straight in your mind when you consider your own. At least I do. I can keep try to keep that straight in my mind when I consider my own um, uh, walk of faith, if you want to think of it that way, our own spiritual journey. Keep that in mind when you do your own readings of the Bible, that what Jesus said only appears in a tenth of the Bible. So keep that in mind. And if you want to join me again or hear past readings, you can hear them on these platforms, Spotify, Anchor, while they last. Or if you're an adult, you can go to my website, my platform, while it lasts, hungtgirl.com. You can click on the links there and get to know me, body, mind, spirit, and soul as best I can let you know there. And um, hear the past readings, those gospel red letter readings there also. And um, you can even read along with me because the ones that Jesus said, I posted them, the ones that most closely resonate with me. You can join me on the Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays for these readings, The Naked Truth. And in the meantime, please stay safe. God bless you and thanks again. Peace be with you. See you next time.